just, there's, why talk about the Holy Spirit? I think it's always an interesting question because the Bible says stuff like this. Now, there's an emphasis I put into it so the theologians don't panic and start looking for these words. I just added them in case you start looking for it. But in 1 Corinthians 12, it says this, my fellow believers, interesting statement, he's not talking to not church people, he's talking to church people. So he's talking to us, he's talking to people who go, hey, I'm into God, I want to do this whole Jesus thing, and I'm taking this journey. He's on to say this, I don't want you to be confused, is what it actually says in the scripture. And then I ask the rest of them, I don't want you to be tainted. I don't want you to be put off. I don't want you to be hurt by other people's interpretations about spiritual realities. And, and so probably some of us, I don't know what experiences you've had a reference to the Holy Spirit. I don't know if it's been a good experience or a bad experience. I, I, if you're with that kind of person, someone said last week, there's the extremes where I want nothing to do with him. And there's the other side of it where it's the chandelier swinging and it's all this crazy stuff and I want nothing to do with that. And somewhere in the middle, there's a combination that's really profoundly biblical and solid. And so I want to walk us into that tonight reference where we're going. But why, 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 why simply the Holy Spirit? Because the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives is essential for everyday living. It's not just a Sunday thing. It's not just a, a service or a conference thing or a worship set thing or whatever it would be. It's actually a 24-7, 365 days a year. Every minute of every day, Jesus, in reference, wants to empower us with the Holy Spirit in our life and do what we're doing. For a lot of people, the mere statement in reference to Holy Spirit leaves a lot of different thoughts or experiences for different people for different reasons. So to make it easy, let, let me walk you through my personal experience in reference to what the Holy Spirit has been like in life, my life. First of all, he's my friend. He's not a weirdo. He's not out there. He's not, doesn't force himself. He's one of the best friends I've ever had in my life. He walks with me and talks to me on a daily basis. He also wants to be my counselor. He wants to be yours. He wants to be my guide. He wants to be yours. He wants to be my instructor, my coach, my teacher. He wants to be my conscience. He wants to be my encourager. So my journey of the Holy Spirit has been this function of allowing the Holy Spirit to live in and work through my life in that sort of way. It's through his presence in my life that I get to live this life as you do on a daily basis. Jesus says incredible stuff like this. In John 14, it says this, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. Then it says this, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior. That's in the message, in the Passion Version. It says, or companion, or friend, or counselor, or guide. The Holy Spirit of truth who will be to you a friend, counselor, and guide. Just like me. And he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside of you. We're going to talk about some scriptures in a minute that for me as a person that I am are the linchpin of the whole Bible. It's in the book of Acts. There's the, the Old Testament leads up to it and into the New Testament, the kind of gospels. Then we end up landing on this book called Acts and then we launch off into the rest of it. The post or pre-Acts the Holy Spirit was with us. Pillar of fire, presence of God, way back at the very beginning, hovering over the deep, etc., etc. You fast forward to the book of Acts, and it's this, this moment where it goes from being with us, and Jesus talks about him being in us. The idea of inviting Jesus to fill us with the Holy Spirit is literally like this. It's like simply stepping through a door. It's like one minute we were here knowing about him. 
the next minute we were here experiencing him. Like a lot of people, I don't know if you heard, a lot of people got baptized last Sunday at the other campus. See, uh, 30 seconds before they knew all about baptism, this tied down, no, it's not. 30 seconds later, they stepped in, they're like, oh, I've got to do this. And they climbed in and they experienced baptism. They'd heard all about it, but they stepped into this water that was warm. And all of a sudden, they went from knowing about it and hearing about it and enjoying the idea of knowing about it to all of a sudden being in it. Climbing into it, I want to get baptized. I want Jesus to do something fresh in me. It's open to all of us. It's never locked. But you're never forced to do it. Well, I hope to God you haven't been because that's not Christianity. That's religion, right? Jesus never forces any kind of disclaimer here. I'm going to say some things that are actually my experience. And if it's different for you, would you please see Pastor Crystal afterwards and she can kind of fix me? Because I've heard people say this. Well, the Holy Spirit forced me to do that. That's actually a lie. Holy Spirit never forces anybody to do anything, ever. He invites us all to do it all the time, but he never, ever has forced me in my whole life. He's never done this in my life. He's never done that. He has done this. Want to come up? He's invited me all the time. He's never forced me. And so I've heard people say, well, the Holy Spirit makes people do stuff. Not my Holy Spirit, not the Irish one, because there's two of them, okay? It's open to all of us all the time. It's never locked and no one will ever, ever force you, drag you, guilt you to force you to step through the door from knowing about it to experiencing it. Do me a favor, check all of these scriptures, all these things I'm gonna say, please, I beg you, check them against the Bible. Because don't believe a word I say, check it against what the book that Jesus has kind of helped us put together, Okay. Here's another personal reference again. Holy, Holy Spirit only goes where he's invited. He doesn't go where he's not welcome. He only goes where he's invited to come, whatever room in our lives that might be. See, Jesus doesn't come and live in each of you personally, but he sends someone else to. In John 16, it says this, but here's the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager will not be released to you. But after I've departed, I will send him to you. The divine encourager is who we see in the picture that's presented at Jesus' baptism. Just before his baptism, this is what takes place with John. I don't think you have this scripture. Maybe you do. Graham, it's in Luke 3. It says this. John answered these questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater than I am not even worthy to be his servant and to untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Then it goes on to a minute where that person, John, who's talking about I'm not worthy to even untie his sandals, finds himself standing in a river called the Jordan. And Jesus wanders down in. And this takes place in Luke 3. One day, when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. And as he was praying, he doesn't actually say what he was praying, but here's an Irish interpretation of maybe what he was praying. I was walking down to John in the river. <laughs> oh, John, high five or whatever. He's standing in the river and he's like, oh, dad, this is cold. Wow. Hey, dad, whatever you want to do, 
I'm all yours. Whatever needs to happen in this second, let it happen according to what you want to see happen. This may be something that he said. It says, the heavens opened, the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, you're my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. One of the things that brings the Father great joy is obedience. What's obedience? Sometimes it's knowing what's talked about on this side of the door. And it's stepping over to an experience on this side of the door. Obedience sometimes is simply, I've, I've heard about it, but I've never stepped into it. If we filled that with water tonight, you could climb into it and get water baptized because you do know that there's nothing spiritual about the water. It's straight from the top and it's really, really cold. And we plug a heater in and it warms up and we put some bubbles in and it's just really nice. It's bubbly. It's really fun. There's nothing spiritual about this whatsoever. Absolutely nothing except what it stands for. Except in that moment what it represents for you and I when we follow after Jesus from talking about it and knowing about it to stepping through a door into asking God to last to experience it. He's never going to force us. He's never going to drag us. He's never going to guilt us to do it. He's always going to invite us. Just like there was some guys last weekend at the other campus who, in the midst of the service finishing and one young man getting baptized, had heard all about baptism forever. And last Sunday morning, for whatever reason, God really profoundly spoke to their heart and five men followed after another guy and got water baptized last Sunday because they wanted to. Because they felt God stirring them to do it. So being filled with the Holy Spirit, like we see here at Jesus' baptism, is essential for Jesus. You probably guessed it. It's probably fair to think that it's essential for us. See, God doesn't ever do anything to hurt or hinder his kids. He just wants to empower them to live out his plan and purpose for their lives. In Luke 11, it says this, if perfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect heavenly father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his kids ask or when they seek him? Or maybe we could even say, place himself in a position to receive from him. What if it's as simple as moving and changing our position of sitting and listening, making ourselves available to allow him to allow us to experience him? I'd like to show you a clip from The Chosen. If you haven't watched it, shame on you. You should watch it. It's the coolest movie in the world. Um, but I want you to sit back and just put yourself in this position. Maybe answer a simple question. You see, this guy was simply available and willing. And he went to the person that could meet him in this moment. Thank you so much, Graham. Not to spoil this beautiful day or anything, huh? <laughs> Come on. Ah! It's a leopard. Stay back. Cover your mouth. Don't breathe his air. Don't come any closer. It's okay, John. It's okay. Rabbi, 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 you can handle this disease. You Please. Please. 
Please don't turn the wish from me. I won't. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Only if you want to, I submit to you. My sister, she was a servant at the wedding. She told me what you could do. I know you can heal me if you are willing. Seek your own honor. Please just do me this one thing. Uh, but what do I tell people? Go. Show yourself to the priest. Let them inspect you and see that you are cleansed. Make the proper offering in the temple as Moses commanded. And go on your way. Uh, uh. Who has an extra tunic? Just one of you, just one of you. That's enough. Green is definitely your color. <laughs> Not too shabby. Experience has been, and if I cross the line here, please forgive me. See Pastor Crystal, she'll fix it. Jesus didn't create a hoopla and a circus. He just said, I'm willing. Be healed. Jesus, filled with and led by the Holy Spirit, had someone come to him. I've heard about you. You're that guy. My friend said that you do things. I, I know if you say the word, you'll, you'll make me well. He said, you're right. You actually heard right. He said, I'm willing. Filled with and led by the Holy Spirit, laid hands on a man, instantaneously restored and redeemed. Because Jesus wants to do that in and for us and through us. Maybe it's as straightforward as taking a step through the doorway as a motion of moving from a place of knowing about 
to placing yourself in a position of wanting to experience him afresh for yourself. And it's that simple and that straightforward and not that crazy. Jesus was just available and was filled with and led by the Holy Spirit. Why wouldn't we want to do that? Forgive me for repeating myself. Jesus, our Savior, our Lord and friend, was filled with and led by the Holy Spirit from day one of his journey, so why wouldn't we want to follow suit? The linchpin in the New Testament for me is the book of Acts, as I've talked about. In Acts 1, it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You will be a witness for me. It's not about four of us getting together and have a kumbaya club. It's about me being out there amongst people and Jesus stirring me to respond to people the way he's responded to me. That I'll be a witness, an ambassador, a representation for him amongst people to point people to him. In Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. In Joel, it says this. Then after doing all these things, they were restoring. A lot of things were being restored in this moment that had been lost. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike. I don't know your experiences, but please, please hear me here. Why, why, why? You should always ask why. Because the baptism or filling of the Holy Spirit empowers us to live bold lives that help point people to Jesus. That's why he wants to fill us and empower us with the Holy Spirit. That our lives would be a torch that literally point people to Jesus in every environment that we find ourselves in. And then there's the incredible icing on the cake of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It helps me. The Holy Spirit wants to help me be a better son or a better daughter. Icing on the cake is the Holy Spirit wants to help me be a better husband or a better wife. The icing on the cake, the Holy Spirit wants to help me be a better mother or a better father. The children is placed my the Holy Spirit icing on the cake wants to help us be better employees. I mean, imagine that. Imagine if Christians went to work and they were the best employees in the firm. Then you can talk about Jesus. But if you're not the best employee in the firm, would you do me a favor and Pastor Crystal will fix this afterwards? Shut up. Don't talk about Jesus in your workplace. If we're not the best employee that literally shines above everybody else, please don't talk about Jesus because the Holy Spirit wants to come and fill me so I can go to work and be the best possible employee on the planet. That people would talk about me in the break room because of how I work for the person that God has blessed me to be with because we don't work for our employer. We work as what? Unto the Lord. Holy Spirit icing on the cake is about empowering me to point people to Jesus, but he wants me to be better in every area of my life. And his infilling and refreshing and empowering is about helping me to be better in all these areas of my life. And you would be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, wherever dad would send you. See, the Holy Spirit was promised by Joel and by Jesus. It was a promise for the anybody's and everybody's. No resume required. 
Just because someone's filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make them more spiritual than somebody else. That's a bad religious presentation as well. It just makes them full. Is your water bottle full, sir? It's okay, I'm just checking. The, the, the end filling is literally tempting an empty water bottle and filling it to allow it to overflow into other people's lives is what he wants to do. See, it wasn't held back from anybody and it isn't held back from anybody, but it isn't and wasn't forced on anybody either. Gifts, absolutely. Fruit, absolutely. But it was never about the gifts. This again is a personal preference. Pastor Crystal will fix it. I just wish Christians would stop pursuing the gifts and start pursuing the gift giver. I really do. I wish Christians would say, oh, these gifts, oh my goodness. You know, they're not yours. They're the Holy Spirit's. They're not your gifts. They're given by him. The thing that we're responsible for, and we'll talk about it in the next few weeks, is the fruit. The fruit's put in our life, and we get to cultivate it and let it grow. But the gifts of the Holy Spirit to use as he sees fit, I just wish sometimes we get to a place that we forget about the gifts and pursue the gift giver. And whatever gifts he wants to release and place in our lives, so be it. Bring it on. Whatever you want to do, Jesus, why? So I can point people back to, to you. See, the gifts are his to use through us as he sees fit. And the fruit is ours to choose to cultivate. We'll hear more about them over the next couple of weeks. More of the Holy Spirit in our life, just like the presence of the Holy Spirit was in his life. Acts 2 says this, on the day of Pentecost, which is the linchpin for me in the Christian faith, it's when it goes from the Holy Spirit being with us to being the Holy Spirit released in us. All the believers as Christians we're meeting together in one place. Ooh. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like a roaring of mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared on and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Talk about that next week. Acts 4, and they prayed. The place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the world of God boldly. They went from knowing about it to stepping to a place of being available to it, allowing God to transform and change their life. Seeing filled with the Holy Spirit is really about Empowering you and I to live this life the way Jesus intended us to live it in the fullness for his glory. How does being open to the Holy Spirit start? Where does it start? Well, it's first about a position that you and I choose to take of being open and available and willing. The leper came to Jesus open, available, and willing. He came to Jesus and made himself available in that moment. They're very similar to what this young man, young friend of mine, did in reference of getting water baptized this past Monday. First picture, please, Graham. It's his father standing over him. He wanted to get baptized last Sunday, and he went and talked to his mom and dad, and, and then Monday night, Pastor Chris and I and some others were at, at Tal and Jen Dunning's house. The young lady was getting baptized in the hot tub, and I was standing there praying for the young lady, and there was this, and my trousers now. Brandon's standing next to me smiling. So I hey, buddy, what's up? I want to get baptized right now. Really? Yeah, because God told me to. 
Really? Why? Because I want people to know that Jesus is like the coolest dude in the world. And he's in my life and I want him, blah, 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 blah. Have you talked to your mom and dad? I looked at mom and dad and there, Dan's in tears. Kyle's like shaking his head. And so I climb into a hot tub with my little friend. Next picture, please, buddy. Next picture, please, buddy. He wanted to get baptized on Sunday morning, so he talked to mom and dad. But on Monday night, he stepped through a doorway from knowing about baptism to experiencing baptism for himself at seven years old. But the kicker is this next part. He's seven years old. Here's the note that Kyle and Jen sent me on Tuesday that he wrote. Please, first picture, Graham. Last night, I was baptized by my pastor, Rob. When I was baptized, I felt like my old self died in the water and I was reborn. Renewed. Refocused. Re-energized. Realigned. Re-whatever works for you. Seven years old. Understood that he knew all the bite patterns because actually 30 minutes before, 20 minutes before, 15 minutes before, Pastor Crystal will help with it. Riley's getting baptized and they're praying for her. Goes and gets his Bible and reads over her. Jesus getting baptized by John. Five or 10 or 15 minutes before. So he's, he's reading about it and knowing it and hearing about it. A few minutes later with a nudge of the Holy Spirit. Went and opened the door of knowledge of. To experience of. Allowed Jesus to radically transform and change his life. Brendan stepped through a doorway of knowledge of an experience for himself to a place that's open to all of us if you want it. See, being filled with or baptized by the Holy Spirit is really all about a willingness to invite dad to help order our steps in our life. It was and is a promise for anybody's and everybody's. I don't know where you're at in all of it or what's happening. I just know this, that God has a purpose and a plan for all of us. See, no resume required, just a willingness. Seven years old, 75 years old, doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit loves us so much not to leave us the way we are, but only if we invite him to. See, in today's culture, it's virtually impossible to survive without Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi connects us to the world around us through messaging, emails, and social media, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's our access to the worldwide system of information through sites like Google and Wikipedia. It has become almost as important as electricity or air conditioning. In a somewhat similar way, the Holy Spirit was Jesus' connection providing access to his Father and to his assignments and to the power of heaven as it is for us. My mentor wrote the book, Love, Acceptance, Forgiveness. There's a statement that he put in the book. It says, the church is people redeemed and filled with. You have the other one, Graham? The church is people redeemed, which is you and I who are set free and saved by Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered to serve meeting 
needs everywhere in Jesus' name. That's what being filled with the Holy Spirit means, is God empowers us to passionately and powerfully through who Jesus has designed us to be, is help point people to him. I, I don't know where you're at in reference to all the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to ask Pastor Crystal to join me for a second. But I'd like to make us available to pray for you tonight. I'm not asking you to do anything other than physically, if you don't mind, Pastor Crystal. This is a nice door, but thank you. This is a great door. But you know, there's absolutely nothing spiritual about it whatsoever. I mean, Nano told me it's rickety, it might fall apart. So literally, it's just a wooden door. I mean, there's nothing spiritual about it whatsoever, except the reason why you would step through it. Except the reason why you would step through it. That you would step from a place of knowledge about the Holy Spirit, that you would dare to place yourself in a position to go, Jesus, I'm open to experience the Holy Spirit afresh tonight. I'm going to ask Pastor Crystal to do what we did this morning. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to ask her to stand right here. I'm going to hand her this. I'm going to ask all the prayer teams, if you wouldn't mind, come and stand over here, please. I'm going to ask you to do this. I'd like you to close your eyes. Bow your head just for a second. I don't know if you're like my seven-year-old who went, hmm. I've, been, I've talked about it. I've heard about it. I've read about it. This baptism thing. And I'd like to go from a place of knowing about it. I'd like to step through a door, Rob, and experience it for myself. I don't know if you're open to go, Lord, I don't know what this all means. I just know that you were filled with and led by your Holy Spirit. And I'd like to be that same person. And if that's you tonight, and you say, Lord, I'm going to make myself available to allow you to fill me afresh. However you want to do it with your Holy Spirit. I'm just going to ask you to stand right where you're sitting right now. That don't worry about anybody else. You do what's right for you. That's you just stand. Anybody that wants to. Don't worry about anybody else. If you don't, that's fine. Don't, 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 leave your eyes closed. Just stand for a second. Go ahead. Well, actually, it's a constant filling, Crystal, isn't it? It's a constant filling. It's not a, it's not an A filling. My goodness, if it's an A filling, I'm in trouble. But really, I'm going to ask you as you stand, I'm going to ask you to come to Pastor Crystal. She's going to anoint you with oil. She's not going to pray for you. She's just going to anoint you with oil. I'd like you to step through here, which is a physical statement of, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping through the door to let you do something fresh. I want you to go across to these two young ladies. And here's what they're going to do when you get there. These young ladies are just going to do this. They're going to go, hi, Rob. Hi there, Carly. Would you pray for me? And Carly's simply going to do this. Megan's going to say, Bob, would you come and join us, please, buddy? They're simply going to do this. Lord Jesus, would you meet Bob right now? In whatever way you need to, whatever way you want to fill and touch and empower his life, let the Holy Spirit refresh him where you need to refresh him in Jesus' name. End of story. Bob, would you step? Because we need somebody else to pray with people. So as Crystal anoints you, just go ahead and step through the door. Walk over to hear these three amazing, fantastic, beautiful, wonderful people. Young, I was going to say young, but Bob, you're not. Two young ladies, uh, older young man. Because I'm not a religious person. I don't believe in religion. It, it drives people nuts. Seriously, you just want to 
What's the door for? It's a physical manifestation of a statement that you're making. Lord, I'm gonna, I stand on one side of hearing about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to step in to make myself available to allow you to fill the Holy Spirit. So go ahead and pray, guys. You guys are in charge. Pray. Grab somebody, pull them forward one at a time. Take one person each and pray over them. Yeah. Graham, you want to throw some quiet music on the background, please, buddy? That'd be great. Suzanne, would you come as well, please, sweetheart? Thank you, Susan. Really practical thing when you go home tonight. Most people, well, sorry, I'm saying most, my apologies. A lot of people want to have one of these stupid things that control our everyday move, right? There's some powerful stuff that you can do with these. There's a place called Notes in here, in your phone or whatever. Would you go home tonight if you allowed someone to pray for you about being open to the Holy Spirit? And just sit there down and let me sit down and write a note to Dad. Hey, Dad, that was really cool tonight. Hard some crazy dude with a funky accent talk about the Holy Spirit. Didn't make any sense whatsoever. It doesn't matter what I said. It means absolutely nothing what the person, the person up here means nothing. Absolutely nothing. In fact, we had a seven-year-old pray for over 200 people this morning and anoint them just to make a point that we get so caught up with a person here and it's not a person here we're interested in. It's a person there. It's the invitation, Lord, to allow the power and presence of your Holy Spirit to refresh my life. There is no spiritual people up here. They're just people who are becoming like Jesus. And there's no person up here can do anything for you whatsoever but stand in agreement that Jesus would meet you in your confession. It's a confession of salvation to receive him as Lord and Savior. If you've never done that, do it. It's the coolest thing in the world. Jesus, come wash my sins away. Become my Lord and Savior and make me new. And then get after him. Go, Suzanne, I want that Jesus stuff in me. The stuff that Jesus did, I want to walk that way and do that stuff. I want to be available to him. And then Suzanne will go, Jesus, you heard him. Holy Spirit, come and live in this person's life. And he meets us in our confession and our requests. The door is absolutely nothing until there's a principle behind it. The principle is, I'm going to step into a new place, Lord Jesus, and ask you to let your Holy Spirit fill me. And the Holy Spirit says, yes. So I'd ask you to go home tonight, write a note to Dad. Dad, I made myself available tonight to allow you to fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Why? So I could be a vessel that you would dare to use to help point people to you. And if you want to get crazy and get Irish, go P.S. Dad, this week, 
I dare you to give me an opportunity to be a conduit this week, to speak life into somebody's life because fresh life has been released in me because I ask and you say yes to your kids. Pastor, would you pray for us?